This is the J. Scott Outdoors podcast on Western big game hunting and fishing brought to you by GoHunt.com Insider. Research faster, hunt more. Go to GoHunt.com forward slash insider and use the J. Scott promo code when signing up to receive a $50 Kuyu gift card. I'm your host, J. Scott. And I live and breathe hunting and fishing, spending half the year in the field experiencing God's creation. I hope you'll enjoy hearing about our adventures. Guys, welcome to the podcast. Today is part three of a three-part series with Brian Martin, who is the hunting editor at Western Hunter Magazine. And I hope you've enjoyed part one and part two Uh, Brian is a wealth of knowledge and has hunted all over the world and formerly of Canadian mountain outfitters and now has Asian mountain outfitters and um, when it comes to gear he's kind of seen it and done it all. He's got really good insight. The thing that I like about Brian is uh, he gives choices so he's not one guy that necessarily likes one thing or another. Uh, I'm sure he has his favorites, but um, he usually gives, you know, a couple of choices of of whatever piece of gear that I bring up, and uh, that's kind of refreshing to give uh, you guys, the listeners, the opportunity to check out a couple different uh, companies or a couple different manufacturers of the same thing, because, um, you know, like everything, some things fit people better than others, and I just want to thank him. Uh, for coming on and uh, you guys uh, go check out Asian Mountain Outfitters. He's got some awesome photos and uh, his YouTube channel. He's got some great uh, Marco Polo and Argali and Ibex and um, some really cool videos. So uh, I also want to thank GoHunt.com Insider, the title sponsor of this podcast, and remind you that the January insider giveaway is uh, 40 insider members are going to win a hundred dollar gift certificate to double tap ammo so they're going to get 40 winners each win a hundred dollar gift certificate for the custom ammo of their choice from double tap ammo so i want to thank gohunt.com uh we should be getting as you're listening to this podcast we should be getting back from coos deer hunting in mexico uh this episode uh was pre-recorded and uh hopefully we had a good hunt down in mexico and caught a lot of rutting action but in october two gohunt.com insider members uh won the coos deer hunt with dar colburn and i uh down in mexico and um gohunt.com is routinely every month giving away one month, 10 Kuyu sleeping bags, 10 Kuyu backpacks. Uh, they're giving away Sunto watches. They're giving away elk hunt, mule deer hunt, antelope hunts. Uh, they gave away a, a doll sheep hunt. And uh, that's all part of being a GoHunt.com insider member. Um, also, the GoHunt uh, insider filtering 2.0 is up and running and hopefully as this podcast airs uh, the draw odds portion of gohunt.com insider filtering 2.0 will be up and and alive uh, and 
we'll be able to, with the application season, we've got uh, Arizona coming up and uh, Utah uh, coming up, and hopefully we can digest all of the numbers and try and figure out what the best units are uh, for the amount of points you have. Arizona is going to be a little bit tough because of the new changes. If you're not familiar with the new changes, um, Arizona has made it where 5% of those non-resident tags go to the non-residents for the most uh, that have the most bonus points for that hunt. And then 5% of those non-residents just go back into the random draw. Originally, I thought that it was 5% go in the max pool and then 5% were in their own draw. I have been corrected on that and that's 5% back into the general draw. So it's one of those things. If you have a ton of points for a certain species in Arizona, you're probably getting hosed on this deal. Uh, but the flip side of that, if you don't have hardly any points, you actually mathematically now have a chance to draw. Uh, for instance, uh, it, let's take unit nine archery elk. Uh, the last few years it's taken, you know, a max, uh, the max point pool has been, you know, 16 points. Well, they used, to, there's, a, there's a hundred tags. So, um, only 10 of those tags could go to, uh, non-residents. Um, and so normally 10 of those tags did go to non-residents. Well, now only five of those tags will go to non-residents out of that bonus point pool and then five will go in the completely random draw now don't get that confused that that means that up to 10 uh, non-residents will draw it means that five will draw uh, or more than likely draw and then another five could draw but all of those slots could also be taken up by residents because it's just going in the pool now if you have zero or one or you know less than max points, uh, at least you have a mathematical chance to to draw a tag in in the max or in the random draw. Um, whereas before, if you did not have 16 points, you didn't even have a mathematical chance. So um, hopefully, I'm going to get back in time from Mexico to uh, go over my Arizona draw. Um, you know, scenario and go through some of the different units and uh, be able to dive into Arizona and give some recommendations uh, with point totals and such. And um, guys, I just want to thank you for your support uh, of my podcast. And, um, you know, the podcast numbers just clicking right along uh, with, with all the downloads, over a million downloads. And um, people ask me all the time, about three times, four times a week, I get an email saying, you know, how can we help you? Uh, the best way to help my podcast, and I consider it your podcast, is to tell your friends. And um, I appreciate uh, everyone that has shared the podcast. And I'm going to do my best here to try and get you the most up-to-date uh, information uh, as I can and have uh, some great guests. And um, I also wanted to clear up a few things with uh, uh, the, the sponsors. 
Uh, as you know, GoHunt.com Insider, if you sign up for the Insider to be a member during this application season, this is a great time to use the filtering uh, 2.0 as well as all the other resources within the Insider. Uh, if you click on the blue Join Now button, uh, if you use the J. Scott promo code, that's J. Scott, all one word, um, you automatically get a $50 Kuyu gift card in return. So GoHunt.com is offering a $50 Kuyu gift card. Uh, our other sponsors, PhoneScope.com. If you use the JScott16 promo code and receive, you will receive a 10% discount on all purchases. Uh, check them out at PhoneScope.com. You can also follow along on Instagram at PhoneScope. Utah Hydrographics, uh, they're in the water transfer printing service. Uh, you can dip rifle stocks, tripods, uh, you could probably stick your six-year-old kid in there and he'd come out looking like a Kuyu Verde pattern. But, uh, if you use, um, the J Scott, all one word, J Scott 16 promo code, uh, you can get up to 10% discount. Uh, and, uh, you can also follow along that on Instagram at Utah Hydrographics. Uh, and you can go to their website, uh, utahhydrographics.com. Wilderness Athlete, if you use the J. Scott, that's all one word, J. Scott promo code, you get 10% off uh, any order in January 2016. Wilderness Athlete is uh, uh, committed to improving health and quality of life for the outdoor athlete by providing field-tested, scientifically validated nutrition and sports performance product. Um, I've been using Wilderness Athlete for a long time. Darren and I both have. I love the, the uh, hydrate and recover. Um, also, Western Hunter Magazine and Elk Hunter Magazine, um, they are doing a uh, kind of a giveaway. If you go to westernhunter.net forward slash J or J Scott and you enter your email address, for a chance to win a $1,500 credit towards any Swarovski product. So just uh, go to westernhunter.net forward slash J or J Scott, all one word. Uh, enter your email address and you'll get a chance to win $1,500 credit with a Swarovski product. And then the Outdoorsman's. Uh, Outdoorsman's been around since 1982 in Phoenix. It's the shop that I go to to get all of my optics. Um, they, the, all the staff there are hunters. Uh, you can call them on the phone and ask them about any binocular and they can tell you all the ins and outs about it right on the phone. Uh, their phone number is 1-800-291-8065. If you use the J Scott promo code, uh, you can get a 10% discount on all outdoorsman's packs and pack accessories up until February 28th. Uh, so you can call them on the phone, tell them that you came from the J. Scott promo code or uh, from the podcast and use the promo code. You can also use it online. Uh, and uh, guys, like I said, I love hearing from you. You can email me at jscottoutdoors at gmail.com uh, and uh, send me pictures of your successful hunts and uh, keep the questions coming. One of these days we're going to sit down and just uh, bl pile through a bunch of these questions and I'm going to record it so you guys can hear. I've got a load of questions here from, from listeners. I try and email back the same day. Um, if I don't, I'm usually on a hunt. So 
um, bear with me. But uh, guys, thanks for all the support. You can follow along our adventures on Instagram at J. Scott Outdoors and my associate Dar Colburn uh, at Dar Colburn. Facebook page and our YouTube channel, J. Scott Outdoors, and on our blog, uh, jscottoutdoors.com. Also, uh, Colburn and Scott Outfitters.com. We're probably going to be updating a bunch of coos deer, hopefully a bunch of giant bucks uh, from our trip in Mexico on Colburn and Scott Outfitters.com. Guys, thanks for your support, and let's get right to the part three of three episode with the uh, hunting editor from Western Hunter Magazine and Asian Mountain Outfitters, Brian Martin. Have you guys heard about PhoneScope? PhoneScope is a privately held company that makes custom-molded, precisely engineered smartphone digiscoping adapters. Photographing wildlife has never been easier. Take digiscoping photos and videos from your smartphone and share them with your friends. PhoneScope stands behind their product with a 100% money-back guarantee. PhoneScope is the future of digiscoping. Get yours now. Use the JSCOT16 promo code and receive 10% discount on all purchases. Check them out at PhoneScope, that's P-H-O-N-E-S-K-O-P-E dot com, or on Instagram, at PhoneScope. Since 1982, the Outdoorsman's in Phoenix has made it their goal to provide the very best customer service combined with the latest and greatest optics and accessories in the business. Outdoorsman's is the leading designer and manufacturer of high-quality tripods and mounting accessories for any hunter's optical needs. Go to Outdoorsman's.com or call 1-800-291-8065 and use the J. Scott promo code until February 28th to receive 10% off all Outdoorsman's packs and pack accessories. Actually, let's talk base layers first. Yep. What um, what 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 would you like to know about the base layers? <laughs> you mean like synthetic versus wool? Yeah. What 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 kind do you like? And um, I take for, both. For... Okay. For example, I take one synthetic top and one wool top, and the wool top is great because it doesn't stink, and I can wear it day after day after day. But wool top, if you're sweating hard and it gets wet, it won't dry as fast. So if I'm sweating like a wild man, I'll wear the synthetic. And um, so if I'm climbing a big hill and I know I'm just going to sweat, I just put my synthetic on, maybe that and a rain gear if it's raining, and go because the synthetic will just dry faster and it's tougher. Wool, 100% wool is not very tough. So I know some of the companies are throwing in 10% nylon to them and they're lasting better. Um, so anyway, sometimes I'll just wear a T-shirt. Sometimes I'll wear a long top, but I always wear, it seems like a t-shirt and a long sleeve shirt because if there's bad bugs, the long sleeve shirt keeps the, the critters from eating on my shoulders and, and everything. Um, I wear a lot of fleece, like a fleece pullover or a zip top, and I, I have like a like a soft shell type jacket, and I have usually a synthetic puffy jacket and a, and a, and a down synthetic jacket with me, I mean, a, a down uh, puffy jacket. And then I can go down to any temperature within reason, unless it gets below zero. Then I start carrying really heavy-duty stuff. Like I know that Sitka makes a new product. I think it's called like the Blizzard series, something like that. It used to be the Celsius, but they make a really warm product that's good for like Marco Polo type hunting and extreme cold weather hunting. I don't know if it's warm enough for muskox, but it's pretty darn warm. Or I'll use a feathered friend parka um, for that. The stuff that QU makes and uh, most of the other Sitka products before this weren't really good for below zero. I mean, they were good for freezing and slightly below freezing, but they weren't extreme weather clothing. They're more lightweight backpack fall hunting gear. 
So I would have to go again to Feathered Friends, uh, which makes really good down parkas or Mountain Hardware or something like that. Uh, Barney Sports used to make a really good jacket uh, from Integral Designs. It was great for that kind of stuff. So anyway, that's what I would use. Uh, um, the key is layering and being able to switch the layers. And I like at least one or two layers that are wind resistant. So when I'm hiking above treeline, I'm not getting my ass frozen off in the cold wind. Um, if you have stuff that's totally windproof, you're not going to have breathability. You're going to get a lot of sweat. So never hiking down, in my opinion, especially the new down that guys are using, like they called Quicks Down, that has the, it's supposed to be like a laminated down or specially coated down so that it's waterproof down. Well, if it's waterproof, it doesn't breathe. So when you wear that stuff and you're in, and you're too hot for the conditions, you just it, it instantly heats up and sweats everything up underneath the down. So the down is for sitting, not for hiking. If you want to hike in something, then I would hike in synthetic clothing, not down clothing. Unless you're climbing Mount Everest or something, where you have to have like a down climbing suit to live. But other than that, well, you're like, you're talking 30, 40 below. So and you're carrying a very light pack and you're going so slow, you're not sweating bad. You're basically in survival mode. <laughs> you're not in bust your ass mode. You're in survival mode. So hunting, though, you know where you're traveling a lot. Keep that down. Keep that down stuff dry. And when I get to where I'm glassing, if I've been sweating a lot, which is always normal, I always sweat. I will take off my long underwear top, uh, put my a dry one on. If it's not snowing out or it's raining, I'll take my long underwear top that I took off, hang it up on a bush or a rock, and let it dry. Then I put my fleece pullover on and synthetic jackets or whatever and sit there and glass for an hour, stay warm. Before I start hiking again, I drop my dry layer, take it off, put my wet clothes back on and start hiking. This is the way it is. Uh, otherwise, you're going to sweat everything up. So also, I don't hike in my really warm gloves. My warmest gloves I never hike in. I always hike in a medium type glove or something. So because when I'm hiking, my gloves get sweaty also. So I keep my glassing gloves dry. I keep a dry hat so I can take off my wet hat put a dry hat on, put my dry long underwear, under, underwear on. So the only thing that's really sweaty on me is my long underwear bottoms and pants, which I don't care if they're a little bit sweaty. And if, you're, if your feet sweat really, really bad, maybe by midday you might take off your socks and put a dry pair of socks on because if it's really cold out, uh, your feet will get cold quickly if your socks are sweated up. So that's kind of how I, how I dress. That's great stuff. Uh, boots. Mm-hmm. Uh, boots are a, a special project on their own. Boots are the most important. The three most important things you have when you're hunting is your rifle, your bow, your your and your optics. Um, your boots and your pack. We already talked about pack boots. You know, it's like a horse. If you don't shoe the horse properly and he's got sore feet, he's going to be limping around. And he won't produce good results for you. Same thing with a hunter. So, first thing I do is I get a custom orthotic from like Doctors Orthotics or, you know, Kenetrek makes a pretty good one that's not fully custom, but it works. Or go to your orthopedic guy and get a custom orthotic. But the problem is a lot of the orthopedic guys have made really hard, rigid orthotics, not flexible ones. You want them flexible, kind of like a super feet or like a sole type idea. If it's solid plastic or solid, you know, with a leather coating on it, that, that gives you foot problems also. So I like the ones by Doctors Orthotics for the money. Um, Again, or your orth orthopedic guy will have one, but he's going to probably want $600 for the visit and the insoles, where doctor's orthotics are two to $300. You can get them from Kenetrek or directly to, I think, doctor's orthotics. Boots, I don't really care which kind you use. I mean, there's a lot of good ones. There's Kenetrek, there's Schnee's, there's Handwags by like the Lathrop guys. Um, there's Mendel boots. 
you can go to the there's the the boot called Crispy Boots. I don't know much about them, but they're also I believe an Italian-made boot company. Then you can go to Las Sportivas, you can go to Garmont, you can go to Scarpa. They're all good. I like the most important thing is fit. You got to fit. Like I have a narrow foot, so that means I gotta I gotta wear like a Loa or gotta wear a Kenetrek narrow. Mendel, Hanwag, Scarpa, they don't fit me. Las Sportivas fit me. Um, Hanwag again doesn't fit me. Uh, 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 Zamberlin typically is a little bit too wide. So I pretty much either wear Las Sportivas or Kenetrek in general are the two that I wear. I'm friends with the guys who wear Kenetrek and I've known them since they started the company and I try and support them, but they also make a great boot. I wear them because they, they work for me. They make one with the ankle support in it too. They make a guide boot that has a stiffer sole in it and they make your standard boot and then they make a rubber bottom pack boot. Now, if I'm going extreme weather conditions and I need a lot of support, I'll go with the La Sportiva double boot called Spantic. It's a leather synthetic combo, $700 boot. And if I got to go in sub-zero temperatures and, and, get, and need angle support and foot support, I'll go with that. Crampon compatible, you can step on crampons and, and walk up the side of an ice field with them. If I don't need ankle support um, and I want warm weather, I mean warm warm feet and cold weather, I'll go with the Kenetrek, like, uh, I think it's called the Kenetrek Northern, or Schnee's makes a, a Canadian version, it's called the Canada boot. And it's like a 13-inch tall leather upper rubber bottom, removable insole, uh, removable um, um, uh, foot booty, leather booty you can take out and dry. But the nice thing about the double boots or the, the Kenetrek boots that have the removable wool liner is you can take the, the thing out at night and put it in your tent, inside your sleeping bag, whatever, by the stove, and you can dry them. I mean, you get a Gore-Tex insulated boot, and, um, you know, you wear it day after day after day. It's going to get sweaty and sweaty and more sweaty, and it's going to get lose insulation ability. And so at least at night, you should take at least your insole out and put it inside your sleeping bag or by the stove if you have one. Um, just don't try and dry out the boots too quick by the heat. You dry them out too quickly, it can shrink the, the, the boot. It can damage the rubber and the, the glue and the leather. So guys will ruin a lot of boots trying to over-dry them. So I, if you go on a hunting trip and you can take two pairs of boots, I'll tell you a guy, take two pairs of boots and rotate them if you don't have a way to dry them. If you're on a backpack hunt, you don't have a choice. So some guys will take like the Crocs, you know, like or some type of an aqua sock and um, wear those around at camp or when they're out glassing and let their, take their boots off and let them air out as much as they can during the day in the wind so they don't get as stinky and sweaty. But you really got to wash your feet. And um, sometimes if I have skinny feet, which I do and, and a boot doesn't fit me, I will put an extra insole in like a flat insole in conjunction with the custom orthotic to take up some of the room in the boot. And it will also help with warmth because it puts another layer of insulation between me and the ground. As far as temperature reading goes, you know, most of your northern Canada type hunting, if you're not hunting in October, you know, a 400 gram insulated boot is fine, 200 gram. You can go non-insulated in July or early August. Um, you're hunting Marco Polo sheep. Ibex cold weather after the middle of October. Uh, I recommend Kenetrex 1,000 gram or Mendel makes 800 gram insulate. You can get to Cabela's. One of those two are good. Irish Setter makes a 1,000 gram but it doesn't have the ankle support. I think Danner might make one too, but probably, again, doesn't have the support. Um, so if you want extreme cold weather, La Sportiva or Coflac type double boot or the Kenetrek 1000s or the um, the Kenetrek uh, rubber bottom leather upper pack boot is your warmest boots. But for sure, the double boots are warmer than anything that has just, just say, like leather with insulation into it without a removable liner. 
At GoHunt.com, we are committed to being the best at what we do, and we take pride in putting ourselves in the customer's boots. The old way wasn't working, so we came up with a new way to give you access to the best draw odds you'll find anywhere. Our dedicated team of data scientists and hunters have gathered information from all over the western United States to provide you with the most accurate odds ever. Select a state, the species you're looking to hunt, the season you're looking to hunt, and even compare the probability of drawing to other units. You'll be given the most reliable draw odds in the industry, period. So don't let your boots get stuck in the mud. There's a new way of doing things. Visit GoHunt.com insider and join the movement. Use the J. Scott promo code when signing up and receive a $50 Kuyu gift card. Wilderness Athlete is committed to improving the health and quality of life for the outdoor athlete by providing field-tested, scientifically validated nutrition and sports performance product formulations. Check them out at wildernessathlete.com and use the J. Scott promo code to receive 10% off any order in January 2016. Binoculars and rain-finding binoculars or standard uh standalone rangefinders? Well, that's an easy question. If you're, in my opinion, I recommend 100% the rangefinding binoculars for rifle hunters and for guides. Now, if you're bow hunting, um, I still think a rangefinder is nice because it's smaller and you can hold it in your hand. And, you know, it doesn't hurt. You can have a rangefinding binocular also. But I like the rangefinder in my hand better than holding it in a big binocular as a, as a bow hunter because you're typically using one hand and you're trying to be sneaky and quiet and a binocular is just cumbersome. But for a rifle hunter, um, guide range hunting binoculars are the way to go. I mean, if you already have a $2,000 pair of binoculars and you don't want to buy a range finding one, then buy a good, like a Leica or something like that. I mean, I know all the companies are always coming out with new models. Most of them are good until you start shooting in snow and until you start shooting in extreme ranges. So, out to 400 yards without snow, almost all of them work fine. Um, do some reader reviews and see what's going on. I mean, it's hard to beat a Leica rangefinder. I have Strosky right now. Uh, Leica is excellent. Um, there's a company out of Switzerland that makes the best rangefinders in the world, but they start like at three or four thousand dollars, and they're like a—I don't remember the name of them—but they're made in Switzerland and they're amazing. They'll rangefind a two, two or three kilometers, which is you know one kilometer is a thousand. Thousand, thousand, eleven hundred yards. So, I mean, they make the rangefinders we normally use a joke. But, I mean, how many people are going to shoot twelve hundred yards? I mean, my rangefinding binoculars, I've ranged out to two thousand yards with them in, in low light and dark objects. So, your rangefinding binoculars will work best in low light or on dark objects. If you start shooting on yellow grass, white rocks, snow, you, you cut down on the the way the ability to range. So. Range-finding binocular for rifle hunters. Um, are there other applications where you just have a binocular that doesn't have the range-finding capability, or are all of your optics for glassing included with the um, range-finding binocular? No, if I'm, using, if I'm using a pair of 15-power binoculars on a tripod, like coos deer hunting or sheep hunting, I don't need a range-finder because I think you should carry a light, a small 8- or 10-power binocular also. Um, or if I'm doing like African hunting and I'm hunting under 200 yards, you know, you don't really need a rangefinder for that. It's only going to be where I'm hunting in the mountains or places where I need to rangefind animals. And the real nice thing about a rangefinding binocular is I can look at the animal, 
I can range it. If the hunter misses it or hits it wrong, I can tell him where he hit it and how far it is and how far it's going to be. So when I pull up, let's say I pull up, I'm hunting by myself, and I put my rifle down, I range find the animal. Now I range find where he could go close and where he could go far, and I know in my mind, okay, that rock is 550, he's at 420. If he comes down the hill, he's 350. Over here to the right is 380. So now I know, okay, shit hits the fan. Something happens. He spooks. The wolf comes over the hill. He smells me. He runs. He comes into this position. I already know what range he's at. So I'll adjust my turret or hold the lines and shoot him without having to range find again. So I use the range finding binoculars a lot. And I, I use them to locate the animal. So I locate the animal. I use my, I, I'm lay, laying right on top of my gun scopes, right? So my, my gun's in a bipod position around my pack. I look right over the top of my gun, range find the animal at the end if I need to. I identify which animal I want to shoot. I keep my eye on him. I bring the rifle scope right to, I don't bring, I don't look through the scope and then find the animal. I, I stare at the animal and I look when the rifle scope comes up to my eye and it's instantly on the animal and I'm ready to shoot right now. And then I keep the range finding binoculars right beside me in case again the shit hits the fan and I need to relocate the animal after a miss. So that's how I do it. But from a guide standpoint, I can keep an eye on the animal quickly and re-range find him easily and tell the hunter which animal to shoot and the range and everything and also follow the bullet impact. Yeah, that's exactly how I do it too. I'm not um, taking my eyes off the animal. Exactly. Spotting scope? Spotting scope, I use a big spotting scope. I use the 82 millimeter Leica. I mean, the two best ones on the market right now, in my opinion, are the 82 Leica and the uh, probably the 85 mil. Or 80 millimeters for us. Yeah, I think it's 80, so I'd be 85 now. Um, they actually have a, I have a 95. A 95. Yeah, it's, it's giant, but it's incredible for sure. Yeah, one of my guide friends has that, and he really likes it. But I carry the 85 or 82, um, and I carry it on a big CT carbon, CT travel by Swarovski tripod, the carbon fiber one with the DH101 head. I mean, I like the outdoorsman's heads and the products, but I, I prefer the little bit bigger one for what I do. Um, I like a full-length standing one, and the carbon. My whole system is about nine and three-quarter pounds, and I carry that almost everywhere, depending. And my my, my I believe that a 15 power. I mean, a lot of you guys down in Arizona and New Mexico, and Mexico will run like the 20 some power, the 32 power, you know, binoculars, um, but they're big. I mean, I, I I would say if you had an eight or 10 power range-finding binocular, and you had a 15 power Swarovski or Zeiss or similar on a tripod, and then you have a, a, tri a spying scope on a tripod, that's probably, you will find everything that walks. I mean, I'm not saying it's as good as a, as a 30 or 32 power Hala, you know, those huge things, um, but it's pretty damn good. For sure, for sure, absolutely. Um, digiscoping, uh, I know I digiscope a lot, uh, and I've w been on your website and I've seen some videos and such, uh, Digiscoping's really come a long ways. Um, what do you use for your digiscoping system to try and get an image of the animal? Well, there's several products out there that, that fit the, the smartphones. So like if you have a, a Blackberry or Apple or Samsung, there's several good products that fit those and you can put those right on the spotting scope and that probably gives you the best zoom actually of anything. I, I actually have about a five or six year old model that I still use. I use the Deluxe, I think it's called the Deluxe 3 or the Deluxe 4 Leica um, digital camera 
with their digiscoping system, but it doesn't zoom it in as much as the smartphones do. The smartphone on one of those adapters zooms it in even further. I, I got one from a guy named Rick Young. Rick Young Outdoors uh, found a good product that I like. There's other ones out there that are good, that are simple. Uh, that product is good. It takes a little while to adjust it, and you can custom fit it to your phone. But um, anyway, that's what I've used. Um, one, one of the, again, the hunters have brought some that their iPhone just snaps into, and then it has like three little adjustment screws, and it just goes over the, tr the, the spines go by piece, and that works fine. It's not expensive, not not perfectly accurate at first, but once you figure out how to use it, it's cheap and fast. Um, again, my like it takes really good pictures, but it doesn't blow it up as much as the smartphones. The smartphones will blow them blow them up two or three two or three times closer than my deluxe, uh, um, whatever they call it from Leica. I like That's an all angled great stuff. and I like an angled eyepiece for what I do. If you're doing a lot of glassing across the canyons where you've got to keep low profile, then a straight is nice. Or if you're doing a lot of shooting at a shooting bench where you're sitting on the bench and you know, or looking out uh, maybe a looking at a window mount sometimes is nice with a straight eyepiece, but I personally prefer the angled eyepiece. I like it better. And I can sit on my knees and put the spine scope below me and my neck is more at a normal angle and I can glass longer with the angled eyepiece. It's hard to find an animal quickly in the scope, but I like that better. Yeah, you know, I, I've always used straight, and then I switched to a Swarovski angled, and I had to actually, I sold it and switched back to a straight. I just found that I was so used to finding animals quickly on a straight, it just I just couldn't get used to it. I'm sure if I played with it more and used it more, I would I would quickly learn, but it just, when I started with the straight spotting scope, it was hard to change to the angle, but as far as digiscoping and, and such, uh, it, it definitely angled uh, makes it easier. Um, yes. But I switch back to a straight. Um, Brian, man, we've covered a ton of ground today. I really appreciate your time. Um, in closing, I would say, um, do you have anything you'd like to add that you see going on in the hunting world or in the in 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 you know anything going on in our world around us? Um, in closing, here. Well, the thing I like about hunting and don't like about hunting is that. It brings out the best and worst in the people. And I, I would tell guys, it's kind of like having a guy that has a beautiful wife. You know, a lot of guys are jealous. A few people congratulate him on, on having a nice, pretty wife, but other people are jealous about it. And same thing, guys that have, you know, hunt a lot and have a lot of money, you know, they shoot some big animals and guys can get jealous over it. And, and I would tell guys, don't get jealous, but don't, uh, you know, use that opportunity to learn. And sometimes the guys with the biggest animals not, aren't necessarily the best hunters. It's just that's what they focus in on, shooting big animals. They hire guides to do it. Um, and you got to hunt big areas. If you got to want to shoot big animals, you got to hunt where big animals live. And you got to be willing to go home without animals. So it's all about the attitude. You know, I talked about physical fitness and shooting ability for a client. But really, the number one thing I look for in a client is good attitude. If their attitude is shit and they're bitching and complaining, um, I don't care how good he can hike or how good he can shoot. He's still a problem client. Um, and when something goes wrong on a hunt, instead of being a problem, I, I tell hunters to be part of the solution. Um, you know, learn as many skills as you can to be helpful. If you go on guided hunts in Asia, and that means learning how to keep an animal properly, skin the nose and ears and eyes and help flush it and make sure it gets salted properly and just be helpful around camp and not be, you know, don't, have people treat you like their personal servant um but in general i mean hunting is great a lot of people don't understand hunting a lot of people around the world think hunting's bad and you know the cecil incident and everything doesn't help but um 
Wilderness Athlete is committed to improving the health and quality of life for the outdoor athlete by providing field-tested, scientifically validated nutrition and sports performance product formulations. Utah Hydrographics is in the water transfer printing service and they are open to whatever you can dream up. Choose from a wide range of camel patterns, designs, and colors. Whether it's guns, bows, tools, rifle stocks, vehicles, steering wheels, fenders, dashboards, paint guns, fishing rods, cups, tripods, watches, knife grips, helmets for a local sports team or for your motorcycle, picture frames, mailbox, animal skulls, you name it, they can probably do it. Utah Hydrographics loves taking things that are general looking and turns them into something that looks fantastic and eye-popping. Give them a call and see what they can do for you and receive up to a 10% discount by using the J. Scott 16 promo code. Visit them at utahhydrographics.com or on Instagram at utahhydrographics. Check them out at wildernessathlete.com and use the J. Scott promo code to receive 10% off any order in January 2016. You know, it's hard to explain to somebody about hunting if they've never done it it's like trying to explain to somebody what sex is like if they've they've never experienced it or it's what it's like to drive a a formula car at 200 miles an hour if they've only driven a volkswagen it's a totally different level of you know of of a challenge and a totally different uh mindset you have to have in order to be a, a really good hunter and it's not for everybody but those who are addicted to it and and you know afflicted with the the hunting you know, Gene, I call it, um, then, you know, they under, I mean, I, we can relate to each other and <laughs> we understand that's why they call it sheep fever. Cause, um, people who are really good hunters and they start hunting sheep, uh, they get addicted to it and they don't want to hunt other animals. <laughs> I, I've had a lot of guys ask them if, would they, if they would give up, uh, you know, it's a funny analogy, but, uh, you know, I, ask a guy if he would give up, uh, you know, intimate relations with a woman, sex or give up hunting and the really serious hunters, most of them, would say I would give up the intimacy because I can't replace the hunting. And um, <laughs> so that's how important it is for some people. But we also have to take in, and we also have to remind that it's not to be prideful and jealous and vindictive about it. And there's a lot of I, there's a lot of game regulations that are difficult to follow, and like in Alaska with the meat laws and having to pack out the rib meat before you pack out the cape. And there's certain things I don't agree with, but you know you, you have to follow the rules. Um, that's why I like, again, hunting in Asia because it's more pure, more wild hunting and, and it's not so restrictive on, um, you know, it's a long hunting season. We got five month seasons over there. You know, we can hunt from August or September until, until February or March. And, you know, you don't have the hunting pressure. The, I'm not saying they have better game managers, managers. I think just by default, I think the U S and Canada has better game management. Um, if they're allowed to do it properly, but the problem is they're managing a lot of, uh, a finite resource that has a lot of people buying for the same things or internationally, you know, there's still this, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's places that there wasn't hunting, the natural the poachers would shoot everything. So if you don't have hunting in some of these countries, the local people will trap and snare and eat everything because they don't have any other way to survive. So. I mean, we just have to respect the wildlife and nature and do our part to be a good steward of the land and be a good human being to other people and, and uh, you know, enjoy it and take it for what it is and take it as a privilege, not as a, our, um, you know, you're you're not necessarily your God. I mean, I wish, wish, I mean, we don't have to hunt anymore in general. 
to live, but we enjoy hunting, um, and it's part of our life still, and it's part of our genes, I think, to be hunters. So I think we should enjoy it as much as we can and fight for hunters' rights and do a good example to set, you know, to be a good positive influence on people who don't hunt so they don't hate hunters so much. Because most people have a, a bad impression of hunters that don't hunt. Um, they think hunters are lazy and drive around and shoot things and drink beer and I just kill strictly for fun. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, we have to do our part to educate the non-hunters and, and ill-informed so that they understand what we do. Otherwise, you know, just like gun control and stuff, you know, the, the media, hear, people hear it enough in the media, um, pretty soon they think, you know, the guns are the reason for the problems or, you know, the hunters are the terrible people and you're going to have, uh, you know, you're dealing with the public that's said the wrong information and it's going to make our, our sport and our love want to be more difficult going forward. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, I want to give you a chance to let people know how the best way they can get a hold of you if they want to book a hunt um, is AsianMountainOutfitters.com. Uh, AsianMountainOutfitters.com. Yeah, we have a YouTube channel too. I think it's called Asian Mountain Outfitters. And you can see a few videos there. You can go to the website. I have a Facebook page. My contact information is there. I'm still very much a hands-on guy. You know, I have one office manager that helps me, but... Um, I do still do a lot of the work myself, a lot of the booking and the calling. And I think this year I've been in five countries plus Alaska and Canada, um, you know, for hunting and for guiding and alphaing, which is quite a few. So I try and stay on top of what I'm sending hunters on so I can educate them and inform them the tips and tricks for hunting. Because again, I don't want to or can't be on every single hunter's hunt, but at least I can give them information. And so when they do go on a hunt, they're informed and know what they're getting into. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate all your time and, and I always value reading your articles um, over the years in the magazines and uh, wish you the best of success here in the future. Uh, what shows will you be attending? So maybe the listeners uh, will have a chance to look you up at certain shows uh, this, this, this show season. I'll be at the, the Grand Slam show in Las Vegas. I'll be at the Wild Sheep show and Reno, uh, those are both in February. I'll be at the Dallas Safari Club show, and I'll be working in a booth with some of my partners from Turkey. It's called Wild Hunting Agency from Turkey. And and also at Safari Club, I'll be working in their booth, Wild Hunting Agency, because we can help cover for each other. I send them quite a few clients, and they're young and ambitious, and I like working with them. Uh, my sister will be at Dallas Safari Club. Her name is Amy, and she has a company called Pro Hunt Concierge Service. And one of the other things I do for a few of my select clients is um, – I call it the value-added booking agency or consulting service. I don't, I don't book hunts really for people in the, like for outfitters in the, like on commissions in the lower 48 um, or Alaska. But what I do do is I have a few clients that um, they want me to kind of handpick their hunts for them and give them a three to five-year hunting plan. So guys, they're working on the North American 29 or their Super Slam, or they just want to go on good hunts around the world. I'm not a big collector. I mean, most of my clients aren't like what they call collectors. They don't have like a huge checklist of 100 animals they want to hunt in the next 10 years, but most of them want really good hunts that are enjoyable and challenging. And so that's what I do. So guys will pay me to find them the best hunts. And then um, that way we can book any anywhere, any outfit or any agent. And um, they don't have to worry about, I don't, they don't have to worry about my commissions. I'm not, I'm not chasing commissions. Um, I, I think the booking agent model chasing commissions is not always the best representation for the hunter because a lot of the outfitters won't pay commissions or they only have a, a very small quota that they don't have enough animals to uh, work with agents on. 
and I can still send hunters to those places. I just put the two guys together and help them pick the dates and say this is what they should do, and then they, the hunter pays the outfitter directly, and then he pays me once a year or twice a year for my services, and that's a pretty good service for guys that take their hunting seriously and want the best, most honest information they can because one of the reasons I've never done a lot of sponsorships with companies is I've always strived for being able to be non-biased. I mean, I have my favorites, of course. I like the guys at Kennetrek and and Stone Glacier and Mystery Ranch and Hillerberg and the guys at Best of the West are great and my friend Jim Borden. These are all great guys, but I also don't want to have to tell a guy, well, if you only hunt it, you can only hunt with this pack. It's the only pack you should buy. Well, that's not necessarily the best representation for the hunter. So I try and be a little more non-biased and tell people I strive for the truth and strive for what's the best product for the job. I mean, I support companies that I believe in because I like their, like their products or like their values and ethics, but it doesn't mean I'm going to tell everybody they have to buy this boot. If it doesn't fit in, then go buy another one. Here's other ones to do. And so that's what I try and do is really pick out the products and stuff within the, in the industry that work for a wide variety of people. And so I can, you know, refer people to uh, certain things that are going to work for them, not just for me. Oh, that's great stuff there. Great stuff. Well, um, I look forward to running into you maybe at SCI or um, at one of the other shows. And I uh, just appreciate you spending the time with us. And uh, uh, I'll catch you later. And, uh, again, people can reach you at Asian Mountain Outfitters. Uh, they can also go on Brian Martin on Facebook. And uh, just thanks for your time, buddy, and uh, good luck to you this uh, coming 2016. Yeah, on Facebook, my website there, you can either type Asian Mountain Outfitters or Canadian Mountain Outfitters or just type Mountain Outfitters. So I I don't technically have a a Canadian Mountain Outfitters company anymore that does stuff. I still have the name, um, but most everything is marketed underneath Asian Mountain Outfitters now. Perfect. All right, thanks for clarifying that, and uh, I'll I'll talk to you later, and thanks for spending time with us. Take care now. Bye-bye now. Thanks for listening to the J. Scott Outdoors Western Big Game Hunting and Fishing Podcast brought to you by GoHunt.com Insider. Use the promo code JSCOTT and receive a $50 Kuyu gift card when signing up for the GoHunt.com Insider. Research faster? Hunt more? Go to GoHunt.com Insider and join today.